0: Media Ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.cornerstone.org, or by subscribing to our podcast. Want us to turn our Bibles to Revelations, Revelations chapter two. We'll read the first seven verses. Revelation chapter 2. We'll read the first seven verses. So the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds and your hard work, <coughs> and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles, but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered, and have endured hardships for my name, and you have not grown weary. Verse 4, Yet I hold this against you, you have, you have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nickelodeons, which I also hate. Verse seven: He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Let us pray, Father. We ask that we might preach Your word, not for fame or fortune. Our reputation, but Father will preach for those who are to those who are lost, and that they will come to know you as personal Lord and Saviour. And for us who are believers, Lord, who are walking us through, pray that your Word will challenge our hearts and will come back to you. Bless our time. May your name be exalted and be glorified. In Christ's name, amen. Title for us, message I have for us this morning is When the Thrill is Gone. When the Thrill is Gone. The author of the book of Revelations penned seven letters to the seven churches at Asia Minor. These seven churches were Smyrna. Philadelphia, Laodicea, Ephesus, Pergamum, Thyatira, and Sardis. These seven churches had some of the basic characteristics of our churches today. Five of the seven churches were rebuked for tolerating, harboring, and practicing sin. Like us today, instead of hatred for sin, we at times accommodate, look over. Excuse sin, saying saying it was just a mistake. We at times misrepresent information, or our taxes. We gossip. We don't value life. We live in what we call acceptable sin, and excuse it. Instead of having the fortitude or to lovingly chastise our brothers and sisters, we look at the look at look, look. We look the other way. And seek not to offend them. Believers are, are tolerating any kind of messages from the pulpit today. Just as long as, t- as, long as it tickles the ears and excites the emotion. We have shifted from the biblical truth. Our society or, or the marketplace tells us we must accept certain things. And we rationalize and accept it to be so. When in fact it counter-counter to God's truth. Just like God rebuked the church at Ephesus, He is rebuking us today. He's compelling us to make, to make His word, the, the word, the final authority for our belief system. God's word is hastening us to accept no other gospel sect or religion except we preach Christ and Him crucified and resurrected. These five churches commitment to Christ range from waning love at Ephesus to a more severe apostasy at Laodicea. Our goal this morning is to talk about the waning love that was seen at Ephesus. Ephesus was one of the major cities in Asia Minor. The power of the Roman government resided there. It was a city where major trades took place and in, <clears throat> and in light of this, it was a commercial center of Asia Minor. Ephesus was one of the major temples which was dedicated to the Roman goddess Diana. The temple served as a landmark for many people in Asia. The city flourished economically from the sale of items used in the temple for the worship of the goddess Diana. Although the worship of the goddess Diana brought great, great pride and great profit, it did not meet the spiritual need of the population. In Acts 19, Tells us that many were involved in sorcery, witchcraft, and and demon worship, which was paramount in the pagan faith. Paul began preaching the gospel, declaring that the man-made gods were no gods at all. People began getting saved, and those who were, and those who practiced uh, magic began, began burning their, their books, and idol worship has begun throwing away their idols. Due to this retreat from, from sorcery and idol worship, Sales and profits were done, and people began losing money, and they wanted Paul to be banned from the city. Banned from the city. The church at Ephesus began to flourish, but later still needed a warning, as we see in Revelations chapter 2, 1 to 7. Like the church at Ephesus, there was excitement and joy when we first came to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. When we first accepted Christ, the simple joy of knowing Christ was exhilarating. When we accepted Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we began to, we, we, we began to lay aside our sinful habits, gossiping, we stopped lying, cheating, drinking, stealing. We were excited and we want to do everything to please the Lord. We spent hours in prayers, reading the scripture, reflecting on the person of Jesus Christ. We were willing and ready to spread the good news of the gospel to those we come in contact with. Friends, family, and family, and family, and other, and, and, and believers saw our love for Christ. We had a great desire to help the needy, less fortunate, and we welcome people in our home. We would have we, have, we would have done just about anything for our Savior. We were in love with Him. Recognize that God we recognized who God was, and we took him at his word. God told us in the scripture that that is Jehovah Jireh, our great provider, and we accepted it. God told us that he's Jehovah Rapha, our healer, and we believed him. We accepted that God is that, that he is El Shaddai, God Almighty. We declare that he is El Elyon, the most high God. We believe that he is El Olam, the everlasting God. We preach that He is Jehovah the Lord is my banner. We we, we acknowledge that is Jehovah, Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. We have vowed that is Jehovah Raha. Raha. The Lord is my, my shepherd. But somehow, somehow, the thrill of knowing Christ Jesus is gone. We have, we have given up hope on his promises. We don't take him at his word. We have left our first love. The spiritual romance with our Savior is on the rocks. The excitement, the intimacy, the fervor of knowing Christ Jesus is hanging in the balance. We see this in the church at Ephesus. They they, they lost their excitement of knowing Christ Jesus. But before the church at Ephesus left their first love, the passage tells us about their love and commitment for the things of God. They had a strong love and commitment even though they were living in a pagan world. As we examine the text this morning, I want to bring to your attention three points of emphasis that stands out in the passage. The Lord's commendation for the church. The Lord's concern for the church. And then finally, the Lord's command to the church. The Lord's commendation to the church. Before, which is seen in verses 1 to verse 3. Before the Lord admonished the believers at Ephesus, he commended them for their hard work and for their perseverance. The text tells us that the Lord had a full and complete understanding of the deeds of the Ephesians. The word hard work signifies more than just mere labor, but has the idea of labor labor, to the point of weariness or to the point of exhaustion. What this says to me is that the believers at, at Ephesus Gave all that they had. Emotionally, physically, mentally, they gave all that they had. The Ephesians went all out for the work of the ministry. They were not spectators. They were ministers. They were not entertainers. They were servants. They were not chiefs. They, 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 were, they were not in chiefs. They were Indians. They were willing to do whatever it takes to do the work of the ministry. They weren't waiting for someone to ask them to get involved in the ministry. They were, they were willing to evangelize the lost, edify the saints, care for the needy and the less fortunate. They realized the work of the ministry is not just for the pastor or for the elders, but for everyone who named the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They were worked to the point of exhaustion. Cornerstone, Can we be commended by our Lord for the work we're doing in the ministry? Are we giving everything emotionally, physically, and mentally? Are we working to the point of exhaustion? Can can the Lord commend us for evangelizing the lost, edifying the saints and caring for those who are in need? Can he commend us? Not only not only were they commended for their hard work, but they were commended because of their perseverance. In recent times, in the recent days, in, the, in, the, in these present days that we're living, I believe all of us have persevered through some difficult and trying times. We have had loved ones die or die or sick and are still in the hospital because of the pandemic. We are we 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 are tired of being in the house, and 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 we cannot have community as we desire. At times, you 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 are you are in a you are in, a, you are in some spiritual battles, and your and your only desire is to give up. But you stay the course. You per, you persevere and remain patient under the heavy load. You remain patient under the. Heavy load. May I encourage you? I don't know what you're going through. Many of you are going through some difficult and challenging times. Hold on to the unchanging hands of God. Hold on to His impeccable character. Hold on to His promises. Well, in Romans, Romans, Romans five, three and four tells us, tells us. We should glory in our sufferings because we know, we know that our suffering produce perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character hope. Hold on, folk. Don't give up and allow God to commend us for our work that we're doing. The Lord also commended them for their refusal to tolerate evil men and to test those who claim to be apostles. The Ephesians were held to a high standard of living. They hated sin. These evil men include all kinds of people, men and women. It is possible that these evil men were referring to the, to, to the Nickelodeons as seen in verse 6, who were spreading false doctrines, practicing idol worship, and involved in sexual immorality. They called sin sin. It did not matter who was involved. They called it sin. They held themselves to a holy standard of, of living and they were sensitive to sin. They did not attempt to mischaracterize sin, saying it was just a mistake or an error. When, one, when someone sinned, it is against, it's not, it's not against me or you, it's, it is against a holy God. What is sin? Sin is a refusal to follow the mandate of God. Sin is a willful conscious de- decision to miss the mark of God or, to, or not to follow his precepts. It is a refusal to obey God. It's Sin is a rebellion, rebellion against a holy God. We should not enjoy it. We should not live in it. We should not tolerate it. The question is, do we see sin as God sees sin? Paul told Ephesians, in Ephesians 4 verse 7, do not give the devil an opportunity. 30 to 40 years later, they were holding on to Paul's teaching. The Ephesians did not tolerate or accept sin because it was against a holy God. They were also careful about the preacher's and teachers they listen to. Those who preach a false, those who preach a false doctrine pose an ever, ever, ever present danger to our family, to our children, and to our church. The scripture warns us in Matthew chapter seven, verse 15 about those who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. In, in the second in the second epistle of John, he warns of deceivers coming into the world, saying that Jesus did not come in the flesh. Any such person must be considered an antichrist, and their teaching teaching should not be welcome in your home, parents. We should monitor what our kids listen and watch, even when they're watching cartoons, because. They are very impressionable. At times we welcome false teachers and false, false teaching in our home via the cable, the dish, and now streaming. And we listen and accept these teachings. Anyone, listen, spoke. Anyone who does not preach that Jesus was born of a virgin or anyone who declares that Jesus is not the son of God is an antichrist and should not be welcome in your home anyone either for form or fashion declares that the bible is not the infallible inerrant inspired word of god should be shunned the only gospel the only gospel we preach here a cornerstone is john is first, sorry, is first 1 corinthians 153 and 4 that's that says christ died for sins according to the scripture that he was buried that he raised on the th- third day according to the scripture and that the only way one can come to a saving knowledge of jesus is when he or she puts saving faith in the finished work of jesus christ and nothing else we do not believe that we have to be baptized in order to be saved. We do not believe that we can perform some meritorious work to receive salvation. We do not believe that one has to speak in tongues in order to receive salvation. No one will enter. No one will enter the kingdom of God through the sacraments they perform. The only way one can enter in the, and the only way one can enter the presence of God is by faith alone, through grace alone, in grace alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone, and nothing else. Anyone who preach, who preaches a different gospel, must be rejected and condemned. Here are the Ephesians, they were commended for their work; they were commended for not listening. The false teachers and for preachers. Secondly, the Lord's concern for the church, verse four. The Lord's it says, Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. After many years of committed relationship with the Savior, the Ephesian believers became ritualistic, mechanical, and legalistic in matters relating to their faith in Christ Jesus. They adhered to the doctrines of the Scripture. The Apostle went out and evangelized, but it was not done out of love for Christ. There was no more devotion to Christ. Their love for each other and their love for winning the loss had sunk to a place where they're carrying out their Christian responsibilities with diminishing love for the Lord and others. Many of us today are in a similar situation. There is no sense of intimate relationship with the Savior. Yes, 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 we are saved, sealed, heading for heaven. But that sense of intimate devotion is no longer there. We're not in love with Jesus anymore. Many of us many, 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 many of us are, are, are in situation like that. The desire to be at his feet is no longer there. Life gets in the way. The fin- financial burden. Deal the financial burden that we're in. Dealing with the chores around the house and, and children make makes it difficult. The job is taking too many hours in my day, and somehow the thrill of knowing Christ Jesus is gone. We perform the work of the ministry. We perform the work of the ministry um, because we're asked to do it. We are mechanical, mechanical in our work for Christ. We're ritualistic in our service for him. We look good on the outside. But there's no fervency. No love for him on the inside. We are not in love with Jesus anymore. We have lost The love for knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Life gets in the way. Things get, our our, our recreation gets in the way. And so we are not in love with Jesus. We get comfortable in our Christian life. We don't spend We don't spend the time in prayer and Bible study like we used to. We find, we find ourselves in a rut and instead of bowing down before Almighty God and letting Him know our situation, we're telling everyone else. Instead of going to the foot of the cross. When we spend, we spend our time doing everything else, thinking we can find comfort in other places and persons. And now we push Jesus On the outside and we become cold and callous and the thrill of knowing Christ Jesus is gone. We are not in love with Him anymore. We don't love Him anymore. The thrill of knowing Jesus is gone or maybe we're saying, we're saying people are not responding to the gospel. Many of us are intimidated because, many of us are intimidated. People are not responding to the gospel for whatever reason. We have so many, we have so many different religions and everyone hold, holds on, on to what they believe. And I am not good in handling the word. That's excuses. Souls are not being saved so we feel unproductive and, if, and ineffective. Allow me to share Something with us. We are not. Commanded to win souls. We are commanded. To preach the gospel. And God the Holy Spirit. Will draw those. Draw those he deems fit. For the kingdom of God. We are called. To preach the gospel. That's it folks. We can't win souls. Only Christ alone. Can draw those who, who deems fit for the kingdom. Listen. We're first and foremost ministers of the gospel before we are a lawyer, a nurse, a chef, a janitor, an engineer, an homemaker, an electrician, a garbage collector. We become disbanded and lack interest because we're not seeing the result. And the thrill of loving Jesus is gone. It's gone the thrill of knowing the man Christ Jesus is no longer there. The Lord is concerned. The Lord is concerned. He was concerned for the Ephesians. And if we are in that situation, he's concerned for us. He's concerned for us. We allow life, things to get in the way of our love for the Savior. There is no deep intimacy for him. Thirdly and finally, the Lord's command to the church, verse 5, remember remember the height from which you have fallen. Remember, Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. As we celebrate this Valentine's Day, I'm sure many of us remember the first time we fell in love with our spouse or that special person. You remember spending countless hours on the phone trying to let her know how much you loved and cared for her. Maybe you remember when you penned some sweet words to Her, Tracy has been going in the closet and reading some letters that I wrote to her. Writing these letters trying to convince her that she's the apple of your eyes. When you were together, you were like two peas in a pod. No one could get between you. You were arms and arms and your eyes were filled with joy. At particular times of the year, birthday, Valentine's, anniversary, and that special day you met, you buy gifts and flowers. After years of being together, you become complacent. The excitement and the thrill of being with your partner begins to wane. And the desire and exuberance is no longer there. This is exactly what happened to the believers at the church at Ephesus. They had a great desire. They had a great love for Christ. They spent countless hours in prayer and Bible study. Paul wrote, in, Paul wrote of their love in Ephesians chapter 1. But somehow they lost track of who Jesus was. Their love for him began to waver. And, and they were doing the work of the ministry as a ritual. The Lord, through the apostle John, gave the Ephesians three, three commands to get back. To their first love. First command is to remember. In verse 5 the Lord commanded them to remember the height from which they have fallen. Christians, we need to remember the height from which we have fallen. Remember when we were sold out for Christ. Remember when we were willing and ready to answer the Lord's call. Cornerstone the Lord is saying we need to fall in love with him again when the thrill and excitement is gone we need to remember the savior remember remember that in Matthew he's seen as a promised king who saved his people from their sins in Mark he's seen as the obedient servant he was obedient to death even the death of the cross in Luke He's seen as the perfect man. He offers forgiveness to those who will accept him. In John, he's seen as the one who... In John, he's seen, he's seen as, as the son of God. Je, Jesus is God, and there's no other God but him. In Acts, he's seen as the one who instituted the church, who the, the call out one through evangelism. In Romans, he's seen as the one who made the way of salvation, sinners. God demonstrated his love towards us in that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us in 1st and 2nd Corinthians. He's seen as the one who does the sanctifying work. In the life of the believer, in Galatians, he's seen as the one who sets us free from uh, from the bondage of sin and legalism. In Ephesians, he's seen as the head of the body, body the church, the the, crea- the creator and sustainer of all creation. In Philippians, he's seen as the one we get our ultimate joy. It says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." I will say it again. Rejoice in Colossians. He's seen as express ref- reflection of the, of the invisible God. He is eternal, pre-existent, omnipotent, and equal with the Father. In First and Second Thessalonians, He's seen as the one who, who, who will be coming for those who trusted in Him. In First and Second Timothy, He's seen as the one who requires godliness in pastoral ministry. In Titus, He's seen as the one who adorns us. With sound doctrine. In Philemon, he's seen as the one who, 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 as the only one who can forgive sins. In Hebrews, he's seen as the great high priest. He's superior to the head of any other religion, cult, or set. In James, he's seen as the model of how we are to live. It teaches us in trials we must we must we must count it our joy. It compel it, it compels us not to be to be not it compels us to be doers of the word and not hearers only. In first and second Peter. He's seen as a giver of eternal hope in the, in, in, in the midst of severe trial. In 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, he's seen as the lover of my soul. In Jude, he's seen as the one who warns us to beware of false teachers and false, and false leaders so that we may not fall into apostasy in revelations he 's seen as the lamb of is the lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice, and he 's coming back as, as our a triumphant lion, rightful ruler and conqueror. He will defeat Satan, settle all accounts with those who reject him, and will bring his faithful people into eternity. therefore, therefore, let us remember the height from which We have fallen. When the thrill is gone, remember our Savior. Remember what he has done on our behalf. When the thrill is gone, remember our Savior. Not only were they commanded to remember, but they were commanded to repent of their sins. Pastor Bobby has been speaking on transformation, and, and transformation is, a, is, is, a, is our theme for 2021. In order for transformation to, to take place, repentance must be an integral part. To repent means to change one's thinking, to, 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 have, to have a change of mind, or to think differently. Christ was calling on the Ephesians, Ephesian believers, to change their attitude as well as their affections. If this involves a deliberate rejection of sin, a failure to love God with all one's heart, mind, soul, body, and strength is sin. We cannot fall back, we cannot fall back in love with the Master without a true acknowledgement of one's sin. If transformation is, to, is, is going to take place, then repentance must be the heart of this transformation we oftentimes try to try to try to sidestep the issue instead of accepting our responsibilities if we need to get back in fellowship with the savior then we must repent if we are going to if 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 if, if we are if we are going to enjoy knowing, knowing having the thrill of our, having the thrill of knowing Christ Jesus then true repentance is necessary. When we repent, we're saying, I'm agreeing with you. I am changing my ways and I'm following you. Being involved in the the ministry is a wonderful thing. God's desire for us is to serve him, not because it is the right thing to do, but because, but we serve him because we are in love with him. We are devoted to him. God just doesn't want to use our hands and minds. He desires to use our hearts. In order for this to happen, let us repent and fall in love with him again. Not only were they commanded to remember, to repent, but they were also commanded to repeat. Do the things you did first. They were commanded to repeat. If things become stagnant between you and your spouse, go back to the things you used to do. Since today is Valentine's Day, it is a perfect day to start men, right? It is a perfect day to start. Take long walks in the park. Go on a hike together. Have all night conversation about your plans for the future, go back. Take her to a nice restaurant and a, 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 a nice. Take her to a nice restaurant, restaurant and spend a good amount of money on her. <coughs> See, I, I, I'm, get, I'm getting some. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure will. I sure Take her to a nice hotel, and this is for married folks now. All right. <laughs> Take her to a nice hotel and treat her as your queen. Write her a love letter and let her know how special she is. Buy her some flowers. I'm sure I'm giving you guys some ideas, right? I'm sure I'm giving you guys some ideas. Valentine's is not over yet. So you still have some time. Make her breakfast in bed. Ladies, tell him how strong he is and... and, and, And that you feel secure in his arms. Go back to the things you used to do. Plan a surprise outing. Have a candlelight dinner for him. Give him a massage. Go back to the things you used to do. You wonder why she has lost the twinkle in her eye she used to get when you come home from work. It is because you no longer tell her how beauty beautiful she looks. You fail to remind her how blessed you feel just to have her as your wife go back to the things you used to do. Ladies, you you're one you're you are you are you you are wondering why your husband no longer seems to have the pep in his step when he's in your presence. It's because you no longer tell him how, how how much you appreciate his hard work and the way he provides for the family. Go back to the things you used to do. You have strayed from telling him how dashing he is and that he's your prince and for you there is no other. Go back to the things you used to do. It is the same way with our relationship with Christ. Christ was telling the Ephesian church and he's telling us to do the things we have done before. Go back to the things we used to do. Go back to spending time in private devotion. Go back to delving deeply in the word of God. Go back to fellowshipping and edifying other believers. Go back to worshipping worshiping him with a passion from the depths of our hearts. Go back to speaking to him and listening to him in prayer. Go back to the things you used to do. When the thrill is gone, cornerstone, go back to the things we used to do. When the thrill is gone, when it feels as if you're no longer in love with our Savior, go back to the things we used to do. Go back. Repeat what you have done before. Repeat what you have done before. What a great impact it would be, it would be if we do these things. What a great impact it would have on our community, in our home. In our children's life. In our life. If we go back to the things. We used to do. We need to go back. To our first love. So when the thrill is gone. Remember the height from which. We have fallen. And what Christ. Has done. Repent of our sins. And be transformed. Repeat. Go back to the things. We used to do. Let us not. Get complacent in our spiritual life. Don't get weary in well-doing. Don't become discouraged because of what it perceives to be lack of results. Don't let the trials and difficulties pull us away from our first love. Let us repent of our thoughtful and indifferent ways of doing things. Let us repent of our ritualistic service to God and others. Repent of our sins. Repent of our negative attitude. And then go back. Repeat. Repeat the things you have done before. Go back to the things you're used to do. Go back to prayer, Bible study, private devotion, and worship. Go back to your, our first love. When the thrill is gone, cornerstone. go back. Go back. When the thrill is gone, What are you going through this morning? What's your challenge this morning? As we close, may encourage us to go back to our first love. Remember, repent, and repeat. When the thrill is gone, remember, repent, and repeat. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. Father, pray that our hearts were challenge, challenged, and Father, we will go back to loving you. Father, at times we have allowed life to get in the way. We have allowed things to get in the way. We have allowed difficulties to get in the way. We have allowed suffering. We have allowed our kids, our husband, work, to get in the way of loving you. Father, as we have heard your word this morning, pray that we might apply your truth to our lives. And we will remember, repent, and repeat. Go back to the things we used to do and fall over and fall again in love with you. We thank you. Bless. We thank you for who you are and what you have done. It is in Christ that we... Glorify, and we give all the praise and worthy. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online